The Bread and Butter podcast acknowledges the Yagara people and the Turbal people as the traditional custodians of Mainjin, the lands on which we record today. We pay our respects to the Yagara and Turbal elders, past, present, and emerging. Did I say good? <laughs> <laughs> Did I get you one more time? Maybe just in case. Okay. Go. Bread and Better podcast. <laughs> Bread and Better Podcast. I feel like I am. <clears throat> Bread and Better Podcast. Hey guys, welcome back to the Bread and Better Podcast. I'm Alex. I am one half of the Bread and Better Podcast. I am a writer and the owner of Hey Our Productions. I'm also a mum of three. And I'm Tegan, the other half, probably the bread half because I'm not a celiac. <laughs> I am a foodie. I'm a PT. I'm a sports nutritionist and a chef. And I am excited to be here with you today. Me too. All right, let's go. (laughs) So as we mentioned last episode, we're going to kick off each episode by sharing the best thing that we ate from the week that's passed. So Alex, what was the best thing you ate last week? So the best thing I ate this week is actually my favorite thing in the world. And I have it once a week. It's from, you know, Mr. Doe's at Carindale. Yeah, I've had the rice paper rolls. Yeah, yeah. So I get the rice paper rolls all the time as well. But um, it's the lemongrass chicken vermicelli noodle salad. I haven't tried that. Yeah, it's so good. It's just like, it's kind of like a cold noodle salad, but with warm chicken. And then it's got this like sauce on it. It's just incredible. It's my, it's my favorite thing. And I tried to get a really nice photo of it for you and it just looks terrible. So we'll just have to go and eat it together. Sounds good. I do love a Vietnamese dish. Always so fresh and so nice. Yeah. So Tegan, what was the best thing you ate this week? So now that I'm coming out of a cut phase for the start of the year, I'm going to have heaps of good content because we're going to be eating really fun things. Yesterday I tried um, O'Bagel or maybe it's O'Bagel House. Oh. There's one in the city and then there's one on the coast. Yeah. Um, And I've been meaning to go for a while. I've been seeing it all over Instagram. So I went there and I had a sesame seed bagel with brisket and it had like a chipotle sour cream yeah it was epic that sounds incredible lived up to the expectations yeah i love a bagel i love you know bagel bros in the city yeah yeah they do gluten-free yeah they do gluten-free and dairy-free nice yes so we get that quite often like every time i'm in a market i'll seek them out yes they're always at the new farm markets yeah yeah Yeah. delicious so good good week for eating yeah go us On today's episode, we are going to talk about hustle culture, and Tegan and I are going to share three things that have positively affected our lives. And then Tegan is going to share some of her top tips with us, which I am super excited about. So obviously today we are recording our second episode, which means we've heard our first episode. (laughs) Um, And obviously... We had a little bit of reflection together on how we went. So what were you thinking, Alex? (laughs) Um, Well, first of all, I'm, like, really proud of the finished product. Um, I love the way it's turned out and the music in the cut and everything, but I will admit that listening to myself over and over and over again was a bit confronting. I loved listening to all of your pieces. Oh, thanks. Yeah. (laughs) 
And there was a lot of funny bloopers in there and I love how much we laughed and it did make me happy every time I listened to it. But (laughs) here it comes. Um, But, yeah, I just found it. I did go on and on and on a lot, so that's something I'm conscious of moving forward. And I've learned a lot. And as I told you the other day when you asked me how the edit went, I did spend all day Saturday, I'm talking 12 hours, editing it on a program. And I'm I'm not going to mention the program. And at the end of the day when I went to export it, the whole program crashed. And so I lost everything, which was really frustrating. But I was quite positive and I didn't lose my shit, which Kev was really surprised Lost the episode, at. kept your shit. Yeah, I'm super <laughs> proud of that as well. Personal so, growth, baby. Personal growth. <laughs> cool. Yeah, what were your thoughts? It is definitely confronting listening to ourselves um, and obviously – we're very new to this and we have a lot to learn. I thought my voice sounded really monotone. So I'm going to be really focusing on putting more expression. I think when you're watching a video and you can see the person and you can hear the person, yeah. you get the expression from how they're talking. Like I'm talking now with my hands and none of you guys can see <laughs> that. But when it's just the voices, yeah. you probably have to put more expression into it. And there was a few times where I didn't say things as eloquently as I would have hoped. So um, articulating is going to be another focus of mine, but I'm kind of at this point in later life where I don't mind sucking at something because yeah. you're just really excited to work on it and get better. So going into today, at the end of the last episode, my nervous system was fried. As I said to you, like I was shaking when we finished recording yeah, because it took all my concentration and I was really nervous and anxious about how it would turn out. But now I'm really excited to keep working at it and get better as we go. So our main topic for today is hustle culture. And we just want to talk about how we feel about it and how it's impacted us in our lives and in our jobs. However, before we get into that, when we discuss hustle culture, We're not talking about busy seasons of life. So just to elaborate on that, there's different seasons of life and it is important to honor the season that you are in. So for example, I have just come out of a very, very busy season (laughs) at the end of last week. It's probably one of the busiest and actually most exciting weeks that I've had maybe in my life. Like it was huge. I obviously recorded the first podcast with you. That was super exciting on the Friday um, I released my ebook on the Thursday and I was still completing that during the week. Uh, I had quite a few new clients come on. It was end of financial year and I had the marathon on the weekend. So. Not just one marathon though. Well, one and a half. One and a half. One and a half. <laughs> You're insane. I feel like exhausted just watching your week on Instagram, but it did look like so much fun and I felt so proud of you when you did it and our other friends it just looked like you guys had the best time and you were all so proud of yourselves and it just looked like such a nice vibe and it was all very exciting so I can't imagine how it felt being there yeah it was epic so I did the half on the Saturday and that was fun we had a few people out there that I knew doing that so it was just cool to look for all the people that I knew as I was going through the turnarounds and things like that on last year's marathon all of my friends did the half and it was only me doing the full so they were all having a celebratory drink on Saturday (laughs) while I was just crapping my pants by myself (laughs) so it was so nice to have company for this year's marathon and I ran uh, the first 33 k's with 
Julia, my friend, and Fraz, our mutual friend. Yeah. Um, and at the start of the race, Julia was crying already, Aww. which is not off-brand for Julia, very on-brand. <laughs> and then at the end of the race, Fraz actually burst into tears because she was just so proud of herself. Yeah, and as you would. It's a huge accomplishment. Oh, it was just the vibes were just through the roof. It yeah. was the best weekend. If we could do it again this weekend... I would totally go and do it again. Really? Are you not like, is your body not, well, I guess, I mean, you're like an athlete, but does it not hurt like your body the next day? I feel like I wouldn't be able to walk for a week. So the next day was definitely touch and go, but I really prioritized recovery. And I think I I felt like, so I ran on Sunday. I felt like I was fully recovered by Wednesday night, which wow. was quicker than I had anticipated. Yeah. Um. This week I won't run. I've been to the gym once. I might go to the gym again, but I'm kind of just having a really restful and relaxing week and then I'll get back into training fully next week that's so exciting so yeah that so that was my week just to give an example of a very very busy week so that being said there are different seasons of life and some seasons you're going to have to work bloody hard yeah to get to to get what you want achieved and then some weeks like especially in my business some weeks I'm going to lunch you know this week I've been to lunch and breakfast this week with my friends I went and watched a game of junior football on Thursday. Nice. Um, because this is a quieter week and it's about honor, honoring the season that you are in, being realistic for what you can achieve in the season that you're in. Yeah. So some weeks we are going to have to work really hard and we're going to have deadlines and then some weeks we're going to have more time to spend with our family and more time to spend on our training. And it's something that I touch on with my clients a lot because you need to be realistic and you need to communicate that with the people that are around you. So say you have a deadline that you really need to meet for a piece of writing. Yeah. And it's about saying to Kev, I really need you to be the primary parent this week. Yeah. Because I need to get this done. However, on the weekend, let's do this as a family. Yeah. And then you're not feeling guilty for prioritizing this season, which is a busy work season. However, you're communicating that with your family and everybody knows what they're getting out of it and there's no sort of issue at the end whereas when we're all trying to be in a hustle season in a fitness season in a family season all at once then you're getting these feelings of failure because if you're trying to do too much you're not doing any of them well yeah and you're just feeling like you're falling short in all the different areas that you're trying to apply yourself yeah and putting too much pressure on yourself so what we are talking about when we talk about hustle culture is people glamorizing burnout essentially Mm -hmm. people going on their social media and posting about how busy they are in their businesses and complaining about it is the main thing or making anybody who is not living this hustle life feel inadequate yeah yeah and so we're talking about things like skipping meals not sleeping, not having any time for the things in your life that make you feel good because you're dedicating it all to your business or to your work. Yeah, exactly that, exactly that. I think, yeah, and I think part of it is a social media issue. Mm -hmm. Like nothing pisses me off more than seeing people running their own business, sitting on social media and complaining about how busy, burnt out, under the pump they are. For starters, you've got time to sit there and make an Instagram story ranting about it. Mm-hmm. Are you really as busy as you say you are or are you just not using your time productively? Yeah. Which I'm like 100% for, you know, women out there and well, anyone out there working hard to make themselves money. Absolutely. But why is it a flex to show that you're burning the candle at both ends? I think, do you know who is the most guilty of doing that? 
Someone whose life I know nothing about. (laughs) The Kardashians. On social media and on the show, which I know you don't watch. And, guys, I don't hate the Kardashians. I actually quite like them. So this is not going to be a Kardashian-Jenner rant, but they are very guilty of perpetuating hustle culture to the point where I don't know if you know anything about this, but in a recent Variety interview when they asked Kim what advice she would give to women in business, she said, get off your fucking ass and work. No one wants to work hard these days. I did see that. Yes. Which coming from the most, one of the most privileged women in the world, (laughs) that's, um, you know, super hard for people who actually have to work very hard to hear. But basically on the show and on social media, they spend all of their time, flying to business engagements and in meetings and even when they're celebrating, when she was celebrating her 40th birthday, she was on a tropical island, but she was still working and they're just constantly complaining about being busy, but they're always on social media. Mm. So I think that that's, yeah, they're very guilty of that. And even people like Hilary Duff, who I love. Do you know who Hilary Duff is? I, of course I know. Okay, good. <laughs> I, just I do know who she is but I could tell you nothing about her current life yeah. post well, I whatever mean, that song was. I love her. But even she commented the other day on, you know, she posted a photo and commented girls getting that grind, which I mean doesn't sound like being productive. It sounds like something else. But um, anyway, it's all just not very healthy to aspire to. Mm. And there are people that, you know, live and die by what, these mm. celebrities and influencers put out there and I think that they need to be a bit more mindful of the content that they're putting out there and how unhealthy it is. The other thing about hustle culture that really gets me is that it makes people who are working a nine-to-five for somebody else or, you know, are working in a job that they're really passionate about or maybe they don't have the financial means or ability to change their situation, it's making them feel inadequate. Yeah. And I think we all contribute to society and it's not just the people with glamorous jobs that are running their own business, that are influencers, that are working their dream jobs. Everybody has their place in this world. So the flip side of that as well is that people are sitting on social media complaining about this privileged life where they make so much money that they're so busy and they're so burnt out and then it's making somebody who is probably very content in their job feel like shit. So do you want to tell us... and? For the podcast, Alex is really the research mind in this. So she's been doing some research about the health impacts of hustle culture. So let's have a talk about those. So, yeah, aside from the pretty obvious ones like physical exhaustion, according to Talkspace, it can also lead to psychological distress, lack of sleep, poor diet choices. Some research also shows that excessively long work weeks can increase your risk of cardiovascular disease. Um, And I'll pop all of this in the show notes and the links to the papers if anyone would like to find out more about that. But yeah, some of those I just thought were pretty insane, like cardiovascular disease. Super appealing. That's what we want. (laughs) Right. So to give you something tangible and constructive to get out of this, rather than just hearing us rant about hustle culture, let's talk about how we achieve balance. Or if you are someone that does find yourself caught up in this hustle culture cycle and you are feeling that it's having a negative influence in your life, how can you go ahead and change that and start to look at what your priorities are? 
So leading back to seasons of life and leading into balance. Balance is a word that gets thrown around so often in today's society. Mm -hmm. All of my clients come to me saying, I just want to achieve balance. I just want things to be balanced. I don't want to be so all or nothing. Like seasons of life, nothing's going to ever be evenly balanced. Yeah. And I just realized that I'm talking with my hands and you guys can't see me, but I'm going to say like, you've got your family here. Yeah. You've got your career here. You've got your health here, your social life here, your hobbies here. Yeah. It's probably other shit too, but just say those are the main ones. Yeah. If you are trying to evenly divide your time into those five to 10 boxes, it's just not possible. No. You just can't do it. You can't evenly spend the same amount of time on work as you do on your family and as you do on your health and feel like you're doing really well in all of them. So with balance, it's not about creating balance. Mm -hmm. It's about balancing what you have going on at the same time. So if it is a busier time with work, then you need to appreciate that you might not have as much time to spend on your hobbies or you might not have as much time to spend on your health and fitness, but you can't put that on the shelf. No. And you can't put your family on the shelf. You might be able to put your social relationships on the shelf for that week, pour more into work, a little bit into health and fitness, as much as you can into your family. But when you're trying to create this balance, what happens is you spread yourself too thin and you're not giving your best effort to anything. Yeah. No, and I love that. And we have discussed this a little bit in the past and the first time you kind of brought this up to me, it was just so timely because it was one of the first weeks that I was starting my own business. I had just quit my job and I kind of felt a little bit untethered and I'm someone who really likes structure. So I was kind of clutching at straws and I said to Kev, I just need to get a diary so I can, you know, dedicate this, I was spending time with the kids Mm. and dedicate this day to my work and Mm -hmm. this time to this. And it was all very, you know, cut and dry. And when we discussed this, I was like, oh my God, I'm just going about this all wrong. And there is no way that that is manageable because Mm. in my life, For example, this week I did have all of these plans on what I was going to do for my business and I got glutened. I'm a celiac and I got glutened on Sunday. So I was really sick until yesterday and Oscar, um, who had been a little bit sick the week before, ended up in the ED on Tuesday with really inflamed lymph nodes in his stomach. So that threw all of my plans out the window and if I had have still been going by that ridiculous plan that I had that would have really stressed me out yeah right Mm. so this is probably going to contradict what you have just said but we can link it back in I time block not to not to the hour but I do time block my week pretty heavily and I have this awesome diary from Amazon which gives you a week view And then it's an hourly one. So I will basically put in where I need to be on what time down to when I'm going to go to the gym, when I'm going to walk the dog, when I'm going to go for a run, if I have any social commitments. But I guess it's like making the plan and then having flexibility flexibility to to let it go when things don't go to plan. And then just, you know, 
pick up what's important and let go of what's not. And I think the thing that I found when I first started my own business is that I was prioritizing all these things that I thought were really important and they were making the time block where really they're things that don't really matter. And it's about like putting in the big chunks of the most important things first. Yeah. And then taking it from there. So if anything, your idea of balance and the way that you balance things in your life is that you kind of reassess it monthly or weekly or however you do before you put that into your blocks. Yeah. So I do my time blocking for the following week of a Friday. Yeah. So any sort of, you know, meetings that I have, shifts at F45, social commitments, usual sort of check-in days, and then I'll work everything else in around that. Yeah. So I think that that then gives me the flexibility to see what I have left over and then to see, you know, how busy the week is going to be before I get into it. So I can look at it and say, okay, you know, there's not going to be much time free this week on a Sunday. I need to meal prep and make sure that I'm organized for that. And also you're not getting overwhelmed because you know what's coming. Totally. And you're not feeling like you're always putting important tasks to the side. So that works really well for me. Yeah. And it took me a little while to find my feet with that. But that then allows me to feel balanced because then if I am out on a social occasion or if, I don't know, I've got something else and I'm at the gym or something, I don't feel like... I need to be rushing off to the next thing or I don't feel like I need to be on my phone organizing something for work. Like yeah. everything has its allocated time yeah. and that allows me to be more present. Yeah, yeah, and I love that. And I think that's where I was going wrong was that I was being too rigid and not allowing time for flexibility and I probably wasn't thinking about balancing what I've got on each week. I was more trying to make a plan mm. for the unforeseeable future (laughs) I think we have similar personalities in that we are very structured and we like organization and it's a big deal to let go of some of that control like I used to be bad to the point where if Rhett and I were going away for the weekend I couldn't leave the house if the house wasn't spotless Mm. this is something that I was actually talking to a friend about recently because we were talking about letting things go Mm. and she has three kids as well And she was like, how are you doing so much, like, with my business and, and like, all my social engagements and the PNC and stuff like that? And I said to her, honestly, I've just had to let go of a few things. And one of them was my house, which, I I, like, my house is not by any means disgusting. It's clean, but it's not tidy. Unless someone's coming over, there's toys on the floor. There might be some clothes on the floor. And I was the same. I would not be able to leave the house like that, like in a state. But I've just had to let that go. And I might find some time. I think we were talking and I, I mentioned to you that my friend told me about this awesome concept. And I will put it in our show notes because I cannot remember her name. But a woman has written this book. She's an organizer. And she came up with this concept of the 1% rule. 1% of the day is 14 minutes. Mm -hmm. So basically I have a big checklist, right, of things around the house that I would like to achieve. Mm -hmm. And they're things like cleaning the walls, resorting the cupboard, resorting the fridge, things that are going to take me a really long time. And I keep putting them off because I'm in my head, I'm like, oh, I'll do that when I've got a whole day, I'll mm. do in the kitchen. When I've got a whole day, I'll clean all the walls. But this woman's concept is that you set a timer for 14 minutes when you've got 14 minutes in your day and you just do whatever you can in those 14 minutes. 
So the other night I had 14 minutes before I went to bed. So I just picked one wall and I cleaned that wall. And basically you're kind of just chipping away yeah. at these things because otherwise they're never going to get done. Yeah. Love that. Yeah. I like the I like the saying, if it takes five minutes, do it now. Yes. That's a, that's been a really big game changer for me. Like, you know, if you've got a load of washing that needs to be folded, just do it now. Yeah. Don't let it become an hour's worth of folding because you haven't done it for five weeks. Yeah. Just do it now. Or like the dishes, like just do it now, five minutes. Yeah. That really helps. I think that people have a lot of overwhelm because they have a calendar full of five-minute jobs. Yeah. I do get overwhelmed really easily. So I do need to be more mindful of these little concepts. So what would you say are some of the ways that you've learned how to relax and switch off? So I like to have a focus word for each year. Last year, my word was growth, and, like, that was definitely huge. This year, it's been, like, slowing down and boundaries. That's actually three words. Um, But creating boundaries has been a huge way for me to switch off and not feel that overwhelmed. Mm -hmm. So saying no to things that I don't want to do or that they're going to take time and energy away from the things that I do want to do, and that's been huge. Yeah. I definitely need to get better at setting boundaries and saying no to things because I do take too much on. Uh, but I do like to relax by going to the beach with my family. Uh, and I try to get to Yamba as much as I can with my extended family. But obviously that's not something I can do every time I need to wind down. Uh, but I like to take the kids to the park. I feel like I'm really present there. Mm. And when I'm at home and I feel stressed, I watch Jeopardy and baking shows. Jeopardy. It's very Jeopardy. That's Kevin and I watch Jeopardy every single night. Is that the thing where they do the question or the question is an answer? Yes. Yeah. 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 We're obsessed with it. And Is it on normal TV? It's on binge on Foxtel. And I find that that's probably when I'm the most present because I'm very competitive. You've got to focus on it. I focus. I put my phone away and I don't look at it at all. And there's no ad breaks. Yeah, right. So when I've. I get panic attacks and stuff. So when I'm feeling very stressed, Kev will be like, let's watch an episode of Jeopardy. Right. Yeah, and it completely takes me out of myself. Another big one for me was to stop rushing. Mm -hmm. And I think you said that this is called rushing women's syndrome. Yeah, it is. When I scaled back from F45 and I was working there less, I just felt like I was in a rush all the time. Like I'd be at the gym training and I'd be like, oh my God, I need to get this done in an hour and a half because I need to be here at this time. And all these time limits were just like, and this is probably linking back to what you were saying before about being too regimented in your time blocking. I was kind of feeling like I was putting these time restraints on myself and it made me feel like I always needed to do things at a million miles an hour. It's taken a little bit of practice for me to be like, nah, you're on your own schedule. (laughs) Like it doesn't need to be a rush. Yeah. And that feels good because obviously if you're rushing, like that's not good for your nervous system. Yeah, definitely. And I think that that kind of falls into a bit of toxic productivity as well, which does stem from hustle culture. And it is kind of this mindset that I think we get into, especially when we're starting a new business and we do feel that little bit untethered because we've come from a full-time job or a part-time job. And maybe we do feel a bit like we have to fill our time. And that's something that I'm 
being conscious of at the moment because I find myself feeling really guilty if I'm at home and I'm not working on the business. And I wonder if women feel that when they go back to full-time work after having kids. Yes. To be like at work and then to be at home or if they're part-time working and then at home to feel like they should be working when they're at home or they should be rushing home after work. Like I'm sure that this affects a lot of us in, in sort of many different things or you know, when you're, I remember being at uni and being on uni holidays and you're kind of like, oh crap, like I should be doing something. Yeah. It's really hard to switch off from different tasks. And I guess that's how I've, I've really been conscious of it this school holidays, because I am normally trying to fill every single day with an activity to make the kids feel like they've had a really great school holidays. But because we are going to Japan in a few weeks, we've been trying to save the school holidays. So we actually haven't done a lot. We've chilled at home. We've played Lego. We've made Play-Doh. And the kids have loved it. Yeah, so I think that they've really enjoyed relaxing because we do have quite a busy life with sport and everything. So I think I put a lot of pressure on myself to make everything really fun for them. Mm-hmm. And I need to step back and, and think they have to relax as well and have some downtime. And the other thing is it's about what you like like we like being out and about and I'll say to Rhett oh my god I wish we just had a quiet weekend and then we'll have one quiet weekend and I'll be like so bored (laughs) this is what I said to Kev I said it's really nice to have a really nice quiet chill weekend but then it's really nice to have a busy weekend afterwards yeah but then some people just like to stay at home on the weekends and watch movies and chill yeah and that's okay too totally I think the takeaway from this whole hustle culture episode or topic and toxic productivity and rushing don't let social media tell you how you should feel about your life yeah about your career about how hard you're working about how you're spending your time on the weekends about whether you finish work at four o'clock switch off and go home and sit on the couch if that's what you like to do and that's how you recharge your batteries don't let hustle culture and people on social media make you feel bad about spending time in a way that really aligns with your personal values. So for a little bit of a lighter segment in this episode, we wanted to share three of the things that had the biggest impact on positively changing our lives. So when I suggested this topic, it was a really big thinking point for Alex as she mentioned in the last episode but this is totally the vibe that I am on these days so we're going to share one at a time which we wrote down and we haven't um, discussed this with each other yet so what did you have for your first point Alex? So my first one which might seem pretty obvious uh, is having kids. Um, I did actually say having Oscar because that was my first kid and I think that obviously changed the most of me. Well, that's what Kev said. That's what Kev said. Kev's like, geez, you're going to give them a real complex. They're never going to listen to this. By the time that they're old enough, they'll be like, mum, you're not cool. No, they listened to our first episode in the car and Oscar goes to Magnolia. For those who have listened to our first episode, you'll know what I'm talking about. But Oscar said to Magnolia, when I was born, I made mummy confident. What did you do for her? Oh, love that. (laughs) So being conscious that they might be listening, it was all three of them so 
for me, and I know this is a bit controversial because it's not the same for everyone, but with each of them, the first six months of their life was the happiest time of my life. I feel like I just thrived being a new mum. Wow. Yeah, I absolutely Some of my friends have it. had such a different experience. Yeah, yeah. And I, yeah. Which I, I would love to get them on to talk about. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And for someone with, like me who's really struggled with depression and anxiety, that was a big concern for me, having postnatal depression. But as I said, it was a really happy time in my life and I loved just having this little purpose, you know, oh. this little person to focus on all the time. So, yeah, it wasn't just them, you know, being born in the first six months. Just having them has really pushed me out of my comfort zone. I have to do all of these things that I wouldn't necessarily choose to do, like be vice president on the PNC. But I've actually really enjoyed volunteering uh, and just things like all of the sport that we go to and it really pushes me to get out of the house and do stuff when I'm sick instead of being at home and kind of wallowing in it. What have you got for your first one? Getting a dog. Oh, love it. No, that was a joke. <laughs> I thought you were serious. No, but we do joke that that's the best thing that ever happened to us. No, um, my first one was just heaps of self-development work and self-awareness, which essentially was changing my attitude. Yeah. Stop living in a victim mentality and start believing that life works out for me. Mm-hmm. I used to be very negative and I felt very hard done by. I felt like life was always kicking me in the teeth. Really? I can't imagine you being like that. Yeah, I was broke. I was attracting like shit blokes. Uh, random things would always go wrong in my life. And I can't say exactly when this changed. It's not like it was one defining moment and I can see times in the last few years where I had come out of that and got pulled back into that and have come out of that again. Um, but it was just a really progressive thing. And I fully believe in that woo-woo, like like of, attracts like mm-hmm. and the energy that you're putting out, you'll attract more of. The more I've learned about it, the more I've kind of consciously moved in the opposite direction to this. Um, and now I just have this mentality that life works out for me and it yeah. seems to. Everything that goes wrong is sort of happening for a reason. Yeah. So just to give you like two contrast examples. Okay. A few years ago, many years ago, like seven years ago, in the same week, I broke up with my partner. I broke a tooth. I got a flat tire. I lost a lid to my washing machine when I was moving and I had huge security issues with my new apartment. Oh, my God. Yes. (laughs) Recently... Our washing machine broke Mm -hmm. and I was like, oh, whatever, I'll just order a new one, which I felt very grateful that I had the financial security to be able to do that because that would have stressed me out in the past. Yeah. But then they ring and they say, I'm sorry, that washing machine is not available. Would you like the bigger one for free? Amazing. Yeah. Then they tried to cancel my accommodation for the Gold Coast Marathon like two weeks before. What? And I just really calmly and kindly talked to the man presented the issue of maybe someone else booked after me that wasn't getting their room cancelled because it was for renovations. Yeah. And because I was, like, so kind and calm, he was like, yeah, you can actually keep your booking. I'll cancel somebody else. Oh, good. Sorry to that person. But I booked six months ago and I was organised. But I just have this different mentality now that I'm, like, before I'd be like, oh, of course that happened to me. So that's been probably one of the biggest ones. What was your next one? Uh, My next one is, it's actually two, but it's one theme so it's bang and benetton 
So Bang is a coffee shop and Benetton is a coffee shop as well. And basically with both of these, and this does sound really weird if you don't know me, but I met all of my closest friends at these two cafes. So at Bang, when Oscar was born, Kev worked full-time and studied full-time and we'd just come back from New Zealand. I was kind of in that transition phase where you start letting go of the friends that you had in high school Mm. and you start making all new friends. So basically I'd moved back to Brisbane. I was quite lonely. All my family lived on the Sunshine Coast and I just started walking every day to this little cafe around the corner from me and it was like a big bench seat. So everyone kind of sat next to each other with little tables and basically I made everyone in there my friend (laughs) and went every single day for three years and yeah all of my closest oldest friends now came from that cafe and then we moved to Camp Hill and I needed a new closer cafe so I started going to Benetton when Magnolia was born and that's where I repeated the cycle (laughs) repeated the cycle and I would take the friends that I made at Bang and take them to Benetton with me and yeah so I made the three baristas there again my best friends and it was just really nice to have somewhere to go when I was again in that new mum phase Mm. as I said I enjoyed it so much but obviously there's times when you're very deep sleep deprived Mm. and I would walk into Benetton and Ash who we mentioned last episode would ask me how I was and I would just start bawling my eyes out because I was so tired Mm. and even though she didn't have any kids yet she was just there was no judgment it Mm. was just you know they'd make me a coffee I'd feel better and I could go about my day as a human so obviously yeah meeting all of those people has just been life-changing I don't know how new mothers keep it together yeah it's hard work (laughs) when we got Kenny he cried for the first four nights and someone at at 45 asked me how my puppy was and I burst into tears <laughs> like times that by 1 million and I was also yeah. like just so overwhelmed by the fact that I was responsible for another life yeah so I just don't I just can't even I can't even fathom how that feels in your heart as a mother yeah of a human I think we'll definitely have to do an episode on it and we can get some of your friends on as well we and could... then some of my other friends that have dogs yes no. let's, <laughs> let's compare no. Very um yeah no I think, yeah, it's it's huge. Mm. It's a big responsibility mm. and it's very exhausting. And aside from just being sleep deprived, you're just worried all the time. Mm. Even though I was actually, for someone who's quite highly strung and anxious, I was very relaxed and I think I'm still like a very relaxed mum. I think that's the one aspect of my life where I'm pretty chill very natural mother by the sounds yeah I think that I genuinely think that I was put on the earth to be a mum which we can delve into this yeah let's delve into another episode but I was gonna say I feel so relieved that I don't feel like that yeah that's a whole nother episode yeah that's a yeah that's a biggie we'll delve into that (laughs) I can't wait to get into that and so what is the second thing on your list so my second thing and I think it's a little bit obvious yeah and I'm going to be really quick because I know this is not a running podcast. It was running. Yeah. So I delved into running when I was going through a really hard time mentally. But getting back into it in from a good, you know, space, it's just given me, like, mental toughness. It's a form of meditation for me because it just it's just so much stillness. People say, what do you think about? Because I don't even run with music in most of the time. Don't you? No. Jesus. I didn't use any music for the half or the full marathon. What? Yeah. It's like in my head I would just be like, this is hell, this is hell, this is hell. <laughs> well, people ask what I'm thinking about and 
I'm thinking about nothing. If I have something going on, mm-hmm. I'll be thinking about something and hashing it out and yeah. that'll be really constructive. Or if I'm, it's, it's like meditation. Like it's like when I can clear my mind. That is so impressive and I can't relate at all. I would say the only time that I've ever not thought about anything is in between the questions on Jeopardy. Have you tried meditation? Yeah, I can't do it. Yeah. Let's do an it episode on that It is well. hard. <laughs> Um, it's also taught me resilience. Like people that run will know that you can feel really confident in one run and feel like shit in the next. So it definitely takes resilience. Uh, I am achieving and smashing goals that I never thought possible. Mm-hmm. It's given me friendship, especially really close friendship with my friend, Julia. We used to run together every Wednesday and then she fell pregnant. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, our mutual friend, Ash Fraz started running with me on a Wednesday and it just made me insanely close with those two girls. And mm-hmm. it's like, I sent them something today. Um, that was a meme that said, have you ever seen someone running that is clearly running because they're not going to therapy? <laughs> I love that. And we always say that like that our runs are our therapy. Yeah. Um, my, I had a, I had a run club, which yeah. I just started running and getting into it. And a lot of my friends approached me and asked me how to get into running, which made me start a run club. And then that run club was my own little project, which then gave me the confidence to then go and start my own business. Yeah, I love that. So that was huge. Um, and just seeing other people be inspired by me, that tells me that I'm on the right path. That feels good. Yeah. So, yeah, running. That's a good one. What was <laughs> That's your a big one. next one? My third one is just a quick one. I actually had a lot of tra- trouble narrowing it down, which I think is a really good thing. As in you had too many? I had too oh. many. I had too many. And and I did end the last podcast by saying how positive working with you has been for me. And, yeah, so I spent the last week – Thinking of too many things that had a positive impact of my life, which is really nice. And that's going to pull more positive things into your life. It is, it is. But yeah, so my third one is I had an article printed in a magazine called Out and About with Kids. And it's the first and only time that I've been published in print. And I think for me, that was just like a huge achievement and it came at a time when I was doing a lot of writing but I was doing writing that wasn't aligning with my values Mm. so I was really questioning whether or not I should continue on this path and when I got approached to write this article that was just such a big boost to keep going and whenever I feel negative about my writing now or down on myself I can kind of go back and look at that. Do you have it framed on the wall? Uh, I have two copies of it in my office but yes I should frame it and it's actually it's really funny and it's a piece that I'm really proud of and I will post it on our Instagram so people can see uh but I did write one of the best jokes that I think I've ever come up with with it they cut it out oh (laughs) well because it's inappropriate so moving on moving on what is your third one uh so my last one was backing myself and getting out of my comfort zone which you like kind of touched on when you had kids So all the best advancements that I've made in my life has come from jumping out of my comfort zone, but I have a really bad habit of staying in there way too long. Yeah. Okay. So like the first time was like my first ever relationship. Like I kind of wanted to end it a long time before I did. And that was like probably one of the best things that ever happened because I kind of would have, and there was nothing wrong with it. Yeah. It just wasn't it like you know I don't know if you've ever been in a relationship where you're just like my first relationship this guy's fine Mm. but it doesn't I'm not excited about getting married or having kids I don't really want to do any of that that would all be fine yeah so just kind of like there was no good reason to end it so I stayed in it too long 
Second one was uh, being really unhappy in my job in hospitality and just staying in it too long. But then eventually I signed up to become a PT. Yeah. And then that was super out of my comfort zone and that obviously worked out really well. And then the third one was taking the leap to study nutrition and start my own business after feeling like I didn't have a lot of room to progress in my role at F45, which I kind of had been feeling that way for a little while as well. But I just have a really bad habit of staying in my comfort zone too long. But when I get out of it, really good things happen. So I am getting better at being quicker to push myself out of my comfort zone now. So as soon as I started my new business, I reached out to get a mentor, which was really nerve-wracking and that's just been awesome in terms of career progression I was really really uncomfortable and nervous to scale back my hours at F45 and be more reliant on being self-employed but that's been awesome and it's given me the space to expand my business and now I have just signed up to a higher ticket business coach which is making me very uncomfortable however I'm sure that only good things are going to come from that as well yeah so that's fine that's so exciting Mm. I can't wait to see what's coming for you yeah so I've asked Tegan if we can do a regular segment called Tegan's top tips because I love picking her brain and I think that you guys are going to get a lot from it as well so what have you got for us this week Tegan's top tips is a bit of a tongue twister. <laughs> my top tip for today is to plan for your worst day. And this is something that I talk to my clients about a little bit. So write down or map out a day where things have not gone to plan. So you haven't been able to train, you haven't been able to eat the normal food you would eat or the normal time you would eat, you haven't been able to cook, whatever it is. Make a plan that allows for your worst day. So that might mean having protein bars, snacks, tuna in the car, in the office, having you foods meals or meal prep in the freezer, again, at the office, so that you always have a good option. Yeah. Alternatively, you might have a go-to takeaway that you know you can grab that's near the office. It's still going to keep you in line with your goals if you have health and fitness goals or if you just try to optimize how you feel. Create a buffer with your training. So switch to a time that it won't get impacted. So if mm-hmm. you're finding you're always trying to train in the afternoon, but you have to stay back at the office, you can always get out of bed a little bit earlier and train in the morning or the same we were saying, like we're not glamorizing, missing out on sleep. If you're finding that you are staying back later at work, then you might need to think about whether you need to change how you train so that you can get a little bit more sleep in the mornings and maybe change to a weekend training session. Yeah. So my top tip, is instead of planning for your best day when everything goes to plan, Mm -hmm. plan for your worst day and then you will always be organized. I love that. I think that that is such a good idea. Thanks again, guys, for listening to our second episode of Bread and Better podcast. We hope that you are enjoying it as much as we are enjoying making it. If you liked what you've heard today, please leave us a review and don't forget to subscribe so that you don't miss out on any of the exciting content we've got coming up. If you'd like to follow us on Instagram, our handle is at Bread and Better Podcast. Thanks, guys. See you next step. <laughs> Bye. This podcast is brought to you by Hi, Productions. Hi,